0: Hello, this is Dr. Peterson. Uh, this is a series I'm doing for uh, Psychology 101, and this is amply called What is Psychology? as far, part of the first of the series. And where we're going to start is, is defining what is psychology, and we're going to start with a definition. And we're going to start pretty simple, in that we're going to start the course with defining psychology as simply the scientific study of behavior and mental processes. And there's three parts of this definition that we're going to break down. The first part is the term scientific. For this course, when we're talking about scientific, what we're meaning is using some type of methodology that uh, investigates some type of behavioral and mental Process that does so in hopefully some non-biased way, meaning that it takes the individual's experience, the person who's doing the experiment, the research, it takes their experience, their biases, their humanness out of it in order to come to some truth about... Uh, some behavioral or mental concept uh, and then the second part of that scientific process is that we then present our findings to another group of scientists and they then challenge that they replicate our findings or they uh, they come up with an alternative explanation of what we uh, present and we have this conversation about uh, what is the truth of the findings that were coming up through replication and through publication and that's truly the, the, the crux of the, the, the scientific method is we try to find some type of objective truth we then take it to the community of other scientists They then challenge that, they replicate that. If it doesn't replicate it, then we have to say that there's no evidence for it, and that's how we come to some conclusion. The second part of the definition is the scientific investigation of behavior. When we're talking about behavior in psychology, what we're talking about is those things that I as a researcher can observe. And that's what we mean in psychology when we say we're observing a behavior or we're investigating a behavior, is we're talking about those things that one can observe. So for example, when I state something like, I saw John act aggressively towards Tom, what I'm saying is, I saw behavior such as John swinging his arms, or scowling his face, or uh, puffing up his chest towards the other person. So I'm making these objective, observable observations of a behavior. They're things I can directly see. The second part of the definition is mental processes. Mental processes are different from behaviors because those are things, as a researcher, I do not have direct access to. I have to go through some person to have access to them. And so the best example of mental processes are things like memories, things like emotions and feelings. Those are all things that I, as a researcher, do not have direct access to, I have to go through some actor, uh, some participant, some individual in order to gain an understanding of that. This becomes particularly important when we're talking about even things like the brain and neuroscience and physiological measures, because even when we're talking about emotions, And brain measurements and sophisticated tools of measurements, and we assume that those are direct observable measurements of some phenomenon. We always have to remember that those are direct measurements of someone's experience as it's reported by that individual, meaning that. No, we did not directly observe the emotional state in the brain. We directly observed the association between the person's description of that emotional state and the brain's activity during that description or that experience of that emotional state. So uh, it's important to keep that in mind because, as we will see when we get to the section on, on brain uh, activity and stuff, the science of neuroscience is a little bit shaky in these areas, and we have to be very careful when interpreting neuroscientific evidence when we say uh, the brain causes certain behaviors and certain mental Uh, states and whatnot. Uh, It's not that simple and so we do have to be careful of those things when it comes to measurement because we're always when it comes to mental processes have to go through some person, some actor or some individual even when we're measuring things such as brain activity and that's important to keep in mind. So that is our simple definition is the it's, it's really the objective or the attempt to make some type of non-biased, objective observation of human behavior and mental processes. Which may seem simple, but in reality, it's very, very complex. And to really understand the complexity of the quote-unquote science of psychology, we should really explore where the term psychology comes from. And it comes really from two Greek uh, uh, terms. First is psych, P-S-Y-C-H, and ology, O-L-O-G-Y. Ology, of course, means study of. So when we say psychology, we mean the study of psych. So that's the easy part. The ology part is the easy part of understanding this term psychology. The difficult part is understanding the term psych and what that actually truly means. When we look at where the term psych comes from and we look at literal transitions, uh, translations, excuse me, of this term, uh, we see some variations. Psych, when we see it translated, actually means mind. So if we look at earlier definitions of psychology, psychology is the study of the mind. Well, what is this thing we call the mind? Well, the mind is everything that makes us human. So it's our consciousness. It's our ability to do self-reflection. It's our ability to think about ourselves in our past, our present, and to think of ourselves as acting in the future. It's all of those things that we think make us human beings. It's consciousness. Well, what makes us conscious? What makes us human? This is where the term mind becomes even more complicated, because what does mind translate in Greek? Well, mind translates in Greek as first breath. So literally, psych means first breath if we take it to its full definition. Because what the uh, Greeks believed is, is that first breath actually means your soul. Because what the Greeks believed is that when you're born, when you take your first breath, you breathe in your soul. In other words, you breathe in your mind. And then when you die, your last breath, when you breathe out, you breathe out your soul. So for the Greeks, our mind, our soul, what makes us human is something separate than our physical body. Which has complicated our whole entire study of what psychology and behavior and mental processes is. And we'll get to uh, this debate later in this course when we're talking about history and philosophy of psychology. But I want to bring this up right at this moment. What does it mean To say that the mind is the soul, and then you have this body. This is a dualistic, what we call a dualistic perspective of the human mind, meaning that your mind is something separate from your body. And in a lot of ways, it fits with our everyday feelings of our mind. We actually think, if you really think about how you feel and think, we feel somewhat separate. Our mind, our thinking, our vision feels separate from our body a lot of the time. And that comes from this idea that consciousness supersedes our, our human body and our human existence. And this is where the Greeks came up with this idea, and we find this in a lot of other philosophies, including indigenous ideas and Eastern philosophies, and and philosophies even in the uh, even in the African traditions. So we see this throughout the world as a common philosophy. But as I mentioned later in the course, we'll talk about what's called a monistic uh, approach, and this is fitting with more modern neuroscience and genetic science in the suggestion that there is no separation between the mind and the body. The brain is the seat of your mind. Without your brain, you do not have consciousness, and there is no separation between your soul, basically your mind, and uh, your body. Once your body's gone, your mind and soul is gone, and they're one and the same. And we'll see evidence for both, but I bring this up at this point because I want you to see the complications that we have to deal with when we're dealing with psychology. It's not just this simple definition of observing a behavior and then making an interpretation. It's a full complexity of trying to understand the human condition as a whole. And so, with that in mind... Uh, I'd like you to reflect on what is your psychology. Because our next topic is uh, what we call folk psychology. In that everybody really is a psychologist. Uh, Everybody has something that uh, hide a famous psychologist called naive psychology. In that we all have a propensity to... Look at others, look at ourself, look at the way others are behaving, and look at the way we behave, and we make some type of interpretations of uh, behaviors. Let, let, let's just simplify things. Let's, let's, let's look at behaviors of others. Uh, maybe maybe uh, your boyfriend, girlfriend, your spouse, or significant others, and you, and you look at them and uh, they're, they're smiling at you and then they wink. And there's two interpretations of that. Either uh, they're showing affection towards you, or they're about to ask you for something. So what do you do with that smile and that wink? Well, most likely you're going to develop a hypothesis based on previous experience with your, your significant other. You're going to go back to the last time They smiled and winked at me. They did this. And so either you're going to go, I love you too, or you're going to go, what do you want, sweetheart? And that basically really is the scientific process if you think about it. We look at what a behavior is. We look at what we know about that behavior. We develop a hypothesis, and then we test that hypothesis. And we all do that on a daily basis. And so... The question that I would propose for you in this first activity for psychology class is what is your psychology? How do you approach observing and wondering about the behavior and mental processes of others? Do you approach it from a purely uh, curious perspective? Um, Do you feel like you do it unconsciously? Because we all do it. We may think we don't, but we do. Um, do you do it very purposefully? Um, do you feel like you're always right? Because we'll find out that while we do get through life good, a lot of times our naive psychologies are often very wrong. And that's why it's called naive psychology. Um, but we have to say something about it, even though our interpretations are often wrong they help us survive because we're still here and breathing so they may be wrong but they get us where we are today so uh... we can't throw them away um, with those thoughts to be in mind though i just want you to think about what is your psychology um, and then uh... think about where you would like to take that through this course and how you would like to improve how you approach your interactions with others and yourself. With that being said, I'll see you in our next miniature lecture.